You're listening to The Big Finish Podcast, release date the 16th of May, 2021. Look what you've done. Almost got yourselves killed. Yes, that didn't escape our attention. Thank you. You were right, sir. Bruised, but I'll survive. I'm glad to hear it. Welcome to all of you. I'm Benji Clifford, he's Nick Briggs, and here's what's coming up. In a moment, we chat about the Radio Times Big Finish Doctor Who poll, but most importantly, Paul Sprague. And we have podcaster extraordinaire Dwayne Bunny as our guest. Welcome, Dwayne. Oh, there is. Is he there? Can we hear him? He could be here. G'day. How are you guys? Hey! Oh, he said something. Well, uh, after that, we'll be (laughs) reviewing our latest reviews, uh, giving the reviewers marks out of five million for their efforts. This week, uh, we're looking at uh, Time Lord Victorious, Mutually Assured Destruction. Yo, I'm a doctor. Stop me! Hot on the heels of that, we'll be delving behind the scenes with the third Doctor Adventures, the Unzal Incursion. Unzal. Unzal, 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 on the Zal. music. And that's featuring the Doctor, Liz Shaw, Brigadier Lethbridge Stewart. Uh, well, he's from the, the clan. The clan, Stuart. I. Look, Stuart. I, I, yes, the Brigadier's rather. Spend some very confused moments. I don't think I've ever heard him get quite so cross as this. You you won't be surprised to hear that then it'll be time for listeners' emails sent to podcast at bigfinish.com. But yeah, we love emails here. There are so many. I'm, I'm sitting in a room. They're just piled up around me. Following that, our second dip behind the scenes, this time with The Gulf. Not to be confused with The Gulf. This is not a golfing podcast. And that's another Four. third... Oh, how many? Uh, that's another third Doctor story, this time featuring the Doctor and Sarah Jane Smith. I'm Sadie Miller and I play Sarah Jane Smith. I'm Tim Trelaw playing the Doctor. What are we on? Some sort of viewing platform? Uh, familiar to regular listeners, we'll be making our weekly stop off at the Randomoid Selectatron where we give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. And then we round things off by giving you a 15-minute drama tease of the third Doctor adventure, The Gulf with the Doctor and Sarah on an ocean planet where something ghastly is lurking. Yes. Well, it wouldn't be Doctor Who without something ghastly lurking, would it? Let's be honest here. It's true. True. So now is the point of the podcast. What is the point of the podcast? Um, where we have a bit of a chat. And as we mentioned before, and he's still lurking in the background, hopefully coming to the foreground now, is Dwayne Bunny. Hello. Welcome. G'day. I'm in the foreground. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, just arrived. tell us a little bit about yourself. What's your podcast called? Uh, my podcast is The Sirens of Audio. So we deal a lot with uh, audio drama, not exclusively Big Finish, but because Big Finish does the bulk of audio output, it's we mostly talk about Big Finish. Yeah. And we have had you on the podcast before, uh, talking about reviews and things. So, um, uh, in a moment, we're going to talk to you about Paul Sprague, uh, because you just recently published in your podcast uh, an interview with Paul Sprague, who was our, our late lamented colleague who worked for so many years brilliantly on Big Finish in the production office. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. Um, first of all, did you see, Dwayne, the, the Radio Times, which is um, a British television and radio magazine? <laughs> Uh, uh, did a poll of um, the best Fifth Doctor stories or f- to find what were the top five. Did you see that? I did see that. I did see that. Yeah. Uh, it's Rem- a 
very confusing poll to me because I didn't expect the results that we got. I expected something different. So I was very surprised, actually. But what what was the result and what did you expect? I think my biggest surprise would have been Spare Parts came in at number five, although, yes, yeah. of course, it should be in the top five. Mm. Um, it's always talked about as being number one in uh, Peter Davison. Yeah. As far as Peter Davison stories go, so yeah, I was I was a little bit shocked that it was that it was down that far in in the list. What do you think, Benji? Yeah, I mean, I'm exactly the same. It's one of those things, isn't it? You just sort of assume that that spare parts would be be the number one. I don't know what the number one was. I can't remember off the top of my head. What? It was my one. <laughs> was it your one? Oh well, it the, no, no. It was the mutant phase. Oh well, yeah. Well then, that's they, what you're all saying. It's all rigged. It's all rigged. It's all rigged. It's all rigged. Well, then, it's... I was very surprised by that. I was really surprised. Really, really surprised. Even though Stephen Moffat did tell me that he thought that I wrote a brilliant episode ending in uh, Mutant Phase. The thing is that the Mutant were, Phase were you is on a the classic. Radio Times website, Nick. We on the Radio Times website hitting refresh, 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 Nick. Well, no, that's no, I wasn't actually. But Jason Haig Ellery said <laughs> so. Uh, those five thousand uh, Gmail accounts you opened in different <laughs> names. <laughs> I love the idea that I've got nothing better to do in my time than keep voting for myself. It never occurred to me that Mutant Phase would ever come top. But you know, the Daleks do the business, don't they? But this is what I was going to say: is you know, not only is it it is a classic story, it's a Dalek story, you know, and you've got to think as well about casual fans and people like that who listen, people who are you know make may not be directly buying from Big Finish but people that are you know maybe in London Forbidden Planet you know go past it oh Peter Davison and a Dalek I'll grab that and so you you, you know we're, we're I suppose we're all in our little bubble aren't we of thinking that such, such stories are the most popular ones but we don't know outside of the the Radio Times is a bigger bubble yeah it is weird isn't it either uh, way though congratulations though Nick Thank you. I mean, what it is, don't you think, folks? It's just a snapshot of what a bunch of people happen to be thinking who were passing at the time. That's what it is. Yeah, and, you know, people... people... Or is it a sign that I'm a genius? I'm just asking. <laughs> oh, of course you're a genius, Nick. Is that what you need? He's <laughs> <laughs> mastered rigging of, po- of uh, polls, that's for sure. Um, <laughs> yes. Great fun. Anyway, so thanks to the Radio Times for that. And coming up in the uh, the weeks and weeks ahead, I was going to say the weeks and months, but probably won't last that long, um, uh, the polls on the other doctors. I know the sixth doctor is underway at the moment. Any ideas what's going to happen there? I didn't know I was going to ask you any of this, but what do you think, Dwayne? Uh, I know what I would like to see up there, but I don't know if it's going to happen. Don't know if it's going to happen. Marrying conspiracy is always one that's very highly regarded. Of oh. course, introducing uh, Evelyn Smythe to uh, the range. Yes. Um, what else is right up there too? I, I I did notice that Colin Baker himself tweeted that why isn't the the last adventure up there? And that's the well, that's the that one that monthly, comes to mind for me. That's, that's the, the one that I enjoyed the most, probably from memory. Not part of the monthly range though, which Ex- is all they're polling. Uh, that yeah, was what right, I was yeah. going to say. <laughs> yeah, it's a good point though. Um, the last adventure, I suppose that's my one of my favourite ones. Uh, yeah, I can't think. Do you think and, uh, another personal favourite of mine is is Davros? So just yes, seeing Colin stuff. Baker and Terry Malloy together, sparring off each other, was just sensational. It's got some great um, 
first timers in Big Finish in Wendy Padbury, Bernard Horsfall. That that was great yeah, to see yeah. as well. So if you're a classic fan, it's a great one. That's a real just, throwback. Just to the, the way Davros series. starts just still sends shivers down my spine to this day. Yeah. Yes, it's brilliant, isn't it? Uh, and the uh, the Holy Terror, of course, classic. Yep. An absolute classic. Oh, that's uh, yeah. And um, and Jubilee. And again, another bit another of Rob classic. Sherman. I'm going for Rob Sherman at the Rob, moment here. Go, yeah, I'm gonna have to. Let me get a but list. all of those are always highly regarded and talked about in fandom. So uh, it'd be interesting to see how many of those actually make it and which yeah. are, the, are the surprises that suddenly pop up. Yeah, what would be the surprise winner that would really knock you flat if it won? I'm, I'm really asking for your least favourite sixth Doctor story. <laughs> I, I haven't been keeping an eye on it, but I did see some people tweeting um, saying that peer pressure was right up there, uh, which is... I enjoy the story, but it's 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 certainly not talked about up there in the top in the top tier of Colin Baker stories. I'd like so to make a that'll be interesting if that makes it to the top five. Yeah, it would be. I, I'd like to make a huge confession here that will be of massive significance to the world at large. It it won't. Of course it will. Um, <laughs> I've never heard it. I've never listened to it. So, so, you, so you've got no no idea. Could be could be your favourite story that very, you've never yeah. heard. It's got a very moody cover, hasn't it? Got um, it's got a famous actor in it, hasn't it? A famous British actor uh, whose name escapes me. I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to look it up, aren't I? I can't just say that. <laughs> and and uh, oh goodness, I, I absolutely know who he is. He's sort of he played Bud Flanagan in the um, Dad's Army thing. Uh, that's not helping anyone, is it? <laughs> Don't know it. Peer pressure. Here we go. Come on, probably got the wrong one. Roy Hudd. Roy Hudd, right. Who plays Max Miller in this. Oh, of course. So yeah. I'm scrolling through now. There are so many classics. You're looking at them, things that I've just sort of forgot about as well. You know, The Spectre of Lanyon Moore, The Apocalypse, uh, <gasps> the apocalypse Element. The, the Any... Apocalypse Elephant, yes. Elephant. That was the, that's the loudest Doctor <laughs> Who adventure ever made. I did the sound design for that. And then when Alistair Locke mastered it, he said, I'm going for making this as loud as possible, Nick, because it's, you know, <sighs> but I think we regretted it a bit. It's, it's quite difficult to listen to without sort of putting your fingers in your ears. A wall of, a wall of sound. <laughs> but you see, even recently with the Six Doctor, some of my... Well, one of my favourite TARDIS teams is uh, Constance and Flip oh, and the Sixth Doctor. Yeah, yes. Brilliant team. Uh, and their most recent, um, my favourite story of theirs last year was Cry of the Vultress, I think, because I really enjoyed the sound design on that one. It was brilliant. Um, so, yeah, that, that team could be in the running too. That's a good point, isn't it? Very strong. Yeah, this feels really like a, a pre-football match sort of meeting, doesn't it? You know, I, I think they could be in the running. You know, we have to be careful of this. Definitely. Uh, so obviously, Baker's uh, got a great performance going on there. A uh, bit of jip in the old leg, which might just curb his performance towards the end. There, we'll have to see later on. You nearly became uh, your Paul McCartney impersonation then. Didn't <laughs> you know, he's you? got it. He's got a bit of a jib in the leg, but it's fine. You know, he's got the other, one. He's got the other one. Favorite you know. It's me, it's me, it's me. <laughs> What's that great Colin Baker one? Um, is it ID, the one with the telephone? Where? Um, oh, yeah. That was, I really enjoyed that. I really enjoyed that one. Well, it's, it, that's, the telephone one is the one-parter. ID yes. itself is the three-parter. And, and it's called something like Something Calls. What's it called? Ooh. Ooh. 
it's, who's going to give in and look up? Yeah, I'm looking. Benji's looking. Doing it. Yeah, I did. That's when we were doing three parters with one parters. Because urgent calls. Urgent, urgent calls. calls. That's Eddie right. Robson yeah, that, story. That's going to be a banger, isn't it? It was great. That I really enjoyed directing that. Yeah. It's just fun to having little different things like that. I really enjoy. You know, when you you go into a story and you think, oh, they're, they're, it's going from this angle, is it? Oh, you know. But by the way, exciting. I don't think I did direct it. Now, actually, I was just in the studio, so I was taking credit for something I didn't do. Yeah, it was John Ainsworth. I remember I made the yeah, I made the lunch and painted the walls and and built the studio. <laughs> I, I I did everything. I did. I, I was the doctor and the yes, phone. I just remember um, being there. That's right. And didn't we have in ID? Wasn't that? Um, Woman, woman, that woman, that <laughs> actor, uh, was it Sarah Griffiths in it playing who'd been Ooh. in um, Delta and the Bannermen? Um, you are correct, yes, she played uh, Claudia Bridge or Claudia Bridge, depending on how it's pronounced in this one. Yes, that's right, she was Ray, wasn't she, yeah. in Delta and the Banner, who should have been a companion, just saying. I really liked I her, but I mean, you know, she was essentially, they thought, we'll do, we'll do that character, but differently, and then. We have Ace, so there we go. Well, they, yeah, they, she was a potential companion, wasn't she? They, they didn't know who they were going to plump for. Because so I know just, that yeah. Sophie Aldred said that she, in order to get her job, she said she could ride a bike, a, a motorbike, because. That was it, it was that the motorbike license or something as well, that had a lot working license or something like that. This is a podcast of uh, old people trying to remember things. <laughs> trying to remember things. Uh, can we look it up, please? Uh, oh, anyway. Oh, dear. Well, why don't we talk about what we're here to talk about, which yeah, is what the we're wonderful Paul Sprague. Yes. So uh, just to explain for the listeners, Dwayne, what, uh, how the, your interview with Paul Sprague came about. I know you explain it in the actual podcast. Yeah, well, I was in the UK in 2011. Um, I was over there following a band around that I was actually uh, interested in seeing that I've been following for years, never got to see them. And I was uh, interviewing lots of other bands as well. So I thought I'll try and, and contact Big Finish, see if I can get in touch with Nick Briggs or, <laughs> or David Richardson. And of course, the person that you, that you got in touch with every time you sent an email, and many people had this experience of dealing with Paul. Um, so yeah. he, he um, answered my inquiry and promised that he would try. So he was, if he was gatekeeping me, he was doing it in a very, very, very nice way, um, in a completely inoffensive way. Um, but I didn't give up, and I said, because that you were unavailable. I think Tom Baker, you you'd just been writing Tom Baker's first scripts. That's at right. The time. So yeah, you, you were very busy doing that. You were locked away somewhere doing that, and you also, I think in the interview he mentioned you were working for BBC Four or. Radio 4 Extra, yeah, I was doing... Um, yes, Paul goes into a lot of detail in the interview, doesn't he, where he talks about how I... He does. <laughs> I, because I'd taken some time off to do... I normally did one day a week at Radio 4 Extra in those days, but because I hadn't been able to the previous week, I was doing two days in, you know... Anyway, yes, not interesting, but true. Carry on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, so he, he contacted me and, and said that neither... You, yourself or David was available and I, I kept on and because I was in the area for a couple of days I said well, why don't I come and interview you and what struck me about him was that he found that really confusing He's, he was like why would you want to talk to me I'm I'm nobody special but 
uh, this he, he was someone special to the Big Finish audience because yeah, yeah. you'd not long been doing the podcast. The podcast had started then, so he the the banter between you and I think David was also on the podcast. He used to be, time, yeah, yeah. He used to just sit there and be rude to us both, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that was that was very entertaining, and the you know being in there and seeing everything happening, I thought would be very very interesting to talk to him about. So he. He uh, kindly allowed me to come up to the Big Finish office. I can't remember exactly where it was at the time. I seem to recall it was in being South... somewhere near near Croydon. Yeah, it's in southeast that... London. It was uh, it was in Broccoli. Yeah, right. And you would and, have gone um, to the Broccoli yeah. Barge for lunch. The the Weatherspoons pub. Is that what it was? Yeah, 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 yeah. So he, he took me down there. We we did the interview, and it, the transcription went out into the in the the fan magazine as um, as I promised and. I hadn't thought about it for for ten years, and I suddenly thought, I wonder if I can find this audio of uh, of the interview, and I found it, and I thought, well, it might be nice to to put it out there for everyone to have a listen to uh, ten years after it was recorded. So uh, that's what I did. Well, and it's just amazing. I used when we were talking about the Radio Times poll, I used the sort of snapshot in time um, analogy, but that's what this is incredibly. I mean, you know, he's as you say in the podcast. Paul is just putting the script in the post box to send to Tom Baker mm. for the first one we recorded with him, That's which history. I think was yeah. uh, Energy of the Daleks. Uh, that was the first one we recorded. Um, yeah. I'm glad you cleared that up because yeah. I thought it would have been Destination Nerva. No, that, that we did record. Obviously out of order. We recorded that sometime later. We were going to start with the Daleks and then we, we had this Nerva idea buzzing around and we suddenly thought, that's the one to go with, isn't it? Um, uh, it's so difficult... I mean, it's, it was so lovely to hear it uh, uh, because, you know, it reminded me that when we lost Paul Sprague, we lost something at Big Finish, which even though there's so many wonderful people continue to work for us, we, we've never got it back. That, that sort of um, unquestioning love he had for the company and the fact that he was so on board immediately and nothing was too much trouble. And, and for... Your experience with him there, that kind of crystallises it for me. You know, that he would go to all that trouble for you. I, mm. I think almost anyone else, this is not a personal to you, Dwayne, obviously, <laughs> almost anyone else would go, I can't deal with that. There's so much going on. I, you know, But he thought, no, no, this guy wants to do this. He's coming from Australia. Well, uh, I can't understand why he wants to talk to me, but go, oh, yeah, I'll take him for lunch. Let's do that, you know. So <laughs> I think... Um, and it's such a lovely little chat, and to hear all his um, uh, his little phrases that he uses. The one that kept coming to me was "and so on and so forth." He, <laughs> he used to say an, yeah. an awful lot, but he is—he was such a smart fella. But there was an innocence about him as well, wasn't there? I, I love the way it—it's started with him giggling and ended with him giggling as well yeah so he had such a bubbly happy exuberance about him that was uh it was just it was really nice there was a kind of there was a kind of innocence about him as well and uh, yeah just just the humility of the guy was just really really nice but and and his passion his passion for what he was doing yeah I and mean, he was talking about producing too so you know, I don't know how much he produced after uh, that chat that we had, but uh, obviously he was going on and doing more and more things, getting more and more experience, <laughs> yeah. and enjoying it every step of the way. Yeah, he was hilarious as a producer. I mean, Paul always said all the wrong things to everyone. 
which are just utterly maddening. You know, I think some famous actor came into the studio and he said, I'm the producer. I haven't got a clue what I'm doing. (laughs) And they sort of looked at him. But, you know, he he got through anyway. Uh, there's something about Paul that those of us who knew and loved him, as you'll see from his mother, for example, online, you know, we can't let go of him. And it's been suggested to me sometimes by, you know, grown up people, um, you know, we don't want to live in the shadow of Paul the whole time. I thought, I don't mind living in Paul's shadow. I'm I'm happy with that. It's a good shadow to live in. Um, it was just so, lo- I, I um, by the way, I forwarded the link to his mother and she was so pleased to hear that. Oh, that's... Was- that's nice. You That's did a nice. great thing there. Yeah. It's just so many people, you know, were touched by him and, and he impacted so many different people's lives. You know, you, when you see it, you know, this around the sort of, you know, this time, uh, you know, every year where everybody's thinking of him, you, you see little things and memories and people sharing photos. And it's nice. I never I never met him. You know, I mm. uh, he was slightly before my time at Big Finish. But I've sort of... Um, I sort of feel like I know him through everybody else's encounters with him and yeah. really they the energy that everybody else gives out the enthusiasm when they speak about him and the warmth there so it's you know what a lovely person and I you know I feel very uh privileged now to kind of discover just how how much of an impact he made for Pig Finish and, and everybody that communicated with with the company as well yeah, and you might be able to tell. I'm, you know, I love to talk about Paul, but at the same time, I have great difficulty because I'm. It makes me close to tears every time. Um, David Richardson and I had a little exchange uh, about the the interview, and you know, we just reflected on how often we think of him. So it was uh, really lovely, Dwayne. Uh, I really appreciate you doing that. And uh, people should check out your podcast generally because it's full of fantastic interviews behind the scenes stuff with big Finnish people saying all sorts of outrageous things in an outrageous way that we couldn't possibly publicly sanction (laughs) but uh, (laughs) but uh, it is nevertheless fascinating but how do people get to find your podcast it's very simple sirensofaudio.com there you go that's easy and it'll be on all the podcasty things places on all the usual things we're on youtube as well you go all right Dwayne well stick with us um because what's happening next Benji well it's actually time for the latest reviews oh yeah as promised uh, this week it's Time Lord Victoria's mutually assured destruction from Big Finish Productions Doctor Who, Time Lord Victorious. Mutually assured destruction. I'm just a rat in the skirting boards causing havoc. Now, where is it? Yo, I'm a doctor. Stop me! See, you've been cooped up in the lab too long, forgotten how to shoot in zero gravity. You will learn. You cannot trap the Doctor. He is too dangerous. Your actions have jeopardized the survival of the Dalek Time Squad. 
You are looking for the TARDIS. You're a bright one. What have you done with it? Watch all aliens exterminate. Exterminate. Big finish. We love stories. It's a terrible sound effect of an explosion. <laughs> Just go to bigfinish.com and type mutually into the search pane at the top to find this oh, beauty. Yeah. First up, then, we've got one here, uh, the blog of delights.blogspot.com, Child of the 70s. And Child of the 70s says, Overall, Mutually Assured Destruction is a highly entertaining listen, delivering on the die-hard-on-a-Dalek spaceship premise uh, handed to Hopley. Um, this is a writer... That's Lizzie, uh, the writer. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, this is a writer that we need to see much more of at Big Finish. And there's four stars there. I think it's four stars. Could yeah. be a swear word from them <laughs> stubbing their toe. Bums! You know, you know um, I think we know. say that every week, don't we? I do, um, but it always makes me laugh when I it, see it. But I think I, just, I shout bums as well. Or maybe well, I usually edit that out. This week, the bums <laughs> is staying in. Stay. <laughs> the bums Immortalised. Yes, that's a grammatical problem for me there. Uh, Dwayne. You've um, you've heard this yes, one. Me. Do you want to give us your uh, you know controversial review of it? You know, unlike these other oh, reviews no. that are selected for being good ones, you can say what you like since you're our guest. <laughs> Just says and rubbish. you can cut me if you don't like it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, every time I think of Lizzie Hopley, I think of that creepy little girl that she played in Night Thoughts. Oh yes, um, yes. So when I see her name, I, it always takes me back there. But um, yeah, she did a she did a great script, and what there was two Time Lord Victorious Dalek stories released almost together. Then wasn't there the enemy the enemy of my enemy was around the same time. Yeah, yeah. So w- what was interesting about the Dalek characters, and I say that sp- um, purposefully, is that the Daleks were very much characters in their own right in the Time Lord Victorious series. We got to, through, throughout the various media. Um, I'm usually an audio-only person, but I crossed platforms as well during Time Lord Victorious, and it was uh-huh. it was great to get. I really enjoyed the different personalities you put into these Daleks in this series. It was oh, uh, particularly the the time strategist. It was it was a very very interesting character. Oh yes, he's very horse, wasn't he? Through. He had a very sort of horse kind of voice. Yeah, I was a little bit surprised at what he looked like when I saw him in the cartoon actually he was a little, a little bit more normal than i expected him to look um but your voice certainly gave him that um that very interesting character that you don't normally get with daleks well it was an interesting thing to do wasn't it i must admit that i was a bit grumpy about it at the time i just thought you can't have this much dalek Dal- i mean you know of all the people who wants to listen to daleks of course i think i'm number one um but i <laughs> I, th- I did think i thought this is overkill isn't it but then i thought well i just have to come up with three really or four very 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 different voices uh and uh, also i did a little bit of massaging of some of the dalek dialogue i think scott hancock who directed it said you know if you want to change the lines because i have a very fixed idea in my head of dalek ease uh, if, if that were a language or an accent uh, he's got a bit of a Dalekese accent there. Um, yeah, so I, I did contribute to it, but I remember I most... I think I did it in my old shed with my head in the Isovox booth. <laughs> just one evening, I just did the whole lot and then sort of came out absolutely covered in sweat. So just bear that in mind when you're listening, folks. 
I'm glad you liked it. I didn't know what it what it looked like. The the strategist when I was recording it, I had no idea. I just I suppose just imagined something. But yeah, I didn't imagine how it ended up being. So and I've been listening to other podcasters who don't normally listen to audio. They don't normally rate it. They stick with the TV series, but they've been giving Time Lord Victorious a go, and surprisingly. Uh, They've been really enjoying it. So hopefully that's been a stepping stone for them to get into some other great stuff at Big Finish. Well, yeah, this was our reason for doing it, you know, because the BBC proposed this idea, this multi-platform thing. And um, to be honest, the deadlines were a bit crazy. And it's a great testament to James Goss and Alfie Shaw, who, who really worked hard to make all this happen in time because they were done in a lot shorter time than we normally do anything. And, you know, I... I did say it at a BBC meeting. Um, we'll do this because we can see the outreach potential. Because you know, it will, and and who knew all the licensees all shouting about the same thing at the same time did create really good sales figures, and it did really well for us. And hopefully, yeah, I think um, I share your hope, Dwayne, that it will have brought people to us who would not normally have given audio any space in their lives. I better read another review, hadn't I? This is quite a long one from blogtohoo.com. From this is from Bedwear Gullage, and they say you'd think Dalek stories would become less and less appealing after nearly sixty years of appearances. No, I wouldn't think that. I don't, would we think that? Never, never, never. But as Time Lord Victorious is proving, this is not the case at all. Lizzie Hopley's entry into their history is excellent. Pitching different Daleks up against one another, each with their own personal agenda and a determination to survive, reinforces the conclusion that the Daleks really are the best creation in Doctor Who's history. Correct. <laughs> I'm biased. In brackets. Uh, th this is all me speaking now. No, and back to the review. Should I put on a different voice for the review? No. Uh, they have far more depth and opportunity for storytelling than you might have thought possible. <laughs> That's impossible. Even if you just engage in individual stories instead of the full story arc of Time Lord Victorious, then releases such as this stand on their own two feet admirably. Daleks on their own two feet. These three Paul McGann audio adventures from Big Finish have been thoroughly enjoyable and a welcome inclusion to... Time Lord Victorious. Cultbox.co.uk Ian McArdle says, In short, mutually assured destruction is great fun and stands on its own, as well as throwing a couple of links back to the previous TLV, Time Lord Victorious, audios. And that's four stars and one white star. So four uh, blue stars, one white Four blue one. stars, one white star. So that's five stars. It's five stars, isn't it, really? <laughs> that's, that's the the blue ones are quite special, but the white one is just, like, sparkling. That's, that's, it's like it's like a cake, you know. You, yeah. the, the blue ones are the icing and the white one is the little cherry on top. That's what I, that's what I think. Yeah. I think it's like, I'd say six stars. I think the white one's worth two. What do you think, Dwayne? Do you think that's six stars, that review? Absolutely, Nick. There we go. We, we've heard it from you can pay me later. It's, it's not like you're humouring me, I think. Uh, um, no, no, no. <laughs> this is at Planet Photon says, listen to Mutually Assured Destruction. Great stuff. Paul McGann on top form as the Doctor. This is the tweet, I think. Uh, it takes place after AFIG. What does AFIG stand for? Um, a fish in Gallifrey. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. What does it stand for? 
AFIG Adventure 4. Dwayne, do you know? I'm assuming it's an acronym for one of the other Time Lord Victorians. Well, that's stories, what I was thinking. I, I can't think. I, I can't think. What we Let me have a look at the list. It, Hold I don't on. think it's an audio one. Time Lord. Oh, which I haven't finished reading yet, it says Planet Photon. Uh, it doesn't oh, give. All flesh is grass. All flesh is grass. All, all flesh, flesh is grass. Is grass. We well done. Well done. Yeah, nice cover. Uh, it doesn't give anything away, but you might want to bear that in mind before listening. Ooh. Warpedfactor.com, Matthew Kestrel says, uh, with action set pieces and solid performances from McGann and Briggs, mutually assured destruction plays out like a big budget action movie without the pictures. Funny that. As a result, it means that this trilogy goes out with a mighty big bang. Uh, more than that, it lets the trilogy go out as strongly as it started while showcasing the scope of storytelling uh, Big Finish brings to listeners. Something which, with new audiences finding their work thanks to this arc, is all better for both creators and fans alike. In short, a victory lap and a well-deserved one. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Dwayne, do you, um, you know, you do a lot of reviewing yourself. Do you ever um, look at other reviews? I, I do, but I try not to until after I get my own opinion first. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I'd, I prefer not to have my opinions coloured by anyone else's. That's just the way I, yeah. I look at it. Because sometimes I've looked at reviews and, um, yeah, if I don't like the review and don't agree with it, then that's okay. I, I, I don't have to go along with the review. But, yeah, I just I prefer to, to, to save my review seeking for afterwards. Yeah. Because otherwise, I think if people get too affected, you do you think if you saw like a, a really big, important review, I don't know by whom, whatever, Doctor Who magazine say, and it was completely the opposite of your opinion, do you think it might, there's the danger that it might modify your opinion? Because you think, am I out of step with everyone here? Or does that not bother you? It, it doesn't really bother me. Um, just the, <laughs> that takes us on to another um uh, subject of the state of fandom at the moment. It's, mm -hmm. ve it's very sort of what you're one side or the other. You're with polarized. Me or you're not. Yeah. There's not. Yeah. That's the word. Yeah. That's the word for it. Um, it. It's it's a bit tiresome for me at times. So I, I'd much prefer to discuss the story and enjoy the story and uh, leave any politics right out of it. Yeah, I think that's right. I think um, one of the things I find uh, amusing is that. Um, what happens these days is that people will often put a review in a place which is specifically targeted at you as a creator. So they'll they'll tag you on it. They'll put it right in front of your face. And then they'll be rude about something you've written or, or say something fairly derogatory about it anyway, or dismissive. And then if you comment on it, they are absolutely appalled that you would have the sheer gall to make a comment about their review. And I think, well, you're reviewing me, so I'll review you. I mean, the thing I would say that I, I don't, you know, if I see a review in a newspaper, I'm not going to go and write to the newspaper about it. Some people do, though. Some people do. Yeah, well, I think that's silly. But if it's if it's if they've tagged it with my name, so they've sent it to me, basically, they've made it for my attention. I think that's a different thing. So I'm not always going to comment, but I think if it, if it hits me and it's late at night and I'm a bit tired and emotional, I think it's OK. for. I'm not going to argue with them and say they're wrong. All I want to say to them is, you just hurt me. That hurt me. That upset me. That seems mean. That's what I'm going to say, because that's what I feel. 
And I think anyone who says that they're not affected by criticism is, well, they're either not human beings or they're fibbing. You know, because everyone's affected by negative criticism. When you put your heart and soul into making something and then someone goes, it's a bit off this one, I think, bit off the boil or whatever, and you just kind of go, ah, you just ripped my heart out. <laughs> People say, I'm not criticising you, I'm criticising your work. Well, newsflash, folks, we are our work, aren't we? We are one and the same, absolutely. It's the same thing, you know? Um, but I... I've also had people say to me, oh, so you think it's not all right for me to... I, said, I didn't say that. I didn't, yeah, I'm not saying you shouldn't comment and I'm not saying you shouldn't hate my work. But if you hate it in my direction, I'm probably going to say something mean back to you since you've said something mean to me. That's all. Absolutely. Of course, if you don't like my work and, and you review things, I'm not saying you shouldn't say it. <laughs> Just saying I won't like it. Don't expect me to like it. Don't expect me to go, hooray, a bad review. I'm so happy you've made my day. I think that's fair enough, don't you think? Yeah, I mean, if it's been... I, I think so. You, well, I do know the thread you're referring to as well, Nick. I did see that. So. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and they actually made a complaint to Big Finish about me as well. You know, so... There you go. I think it's so when, I'm when, very when sorry you... if I upset anyone, by the way. And I did actually say on that thread, I did say I'm really, you know, I shouldn't have come on here. But but I think it's fine for people who make things to say if they're hurt or they don't like someone being horrible about their stuff. I'm not saying that people shouldn't be horrible about my stuff or anyone's. That's the job of a reviewer, to tell it like it is from the heart. Be as fair or unfair as they want to be. But... It has an effect, doesn't it? And I'm not necessarily going to keep quiet about that if it's directed right at me. Well, that's that's what I would say, is that if it's directed towards you, you're tagged in it, X, Y, Z, um, then, you know, it's like, well, what would you expect? Because, the, you know, they're going to read it, you know, and, and yeah. it's like it's like the, the equivalent, you know, if, if, I sent, if I sent you an envelope with some dog poo and I sent it to your door, you're probably going to be... And open it. You're probably going to not be that happy about yeah, it. Yeah. You know, rather than I, if, I can confirm that. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's just you know, it's only because it's directly sent to you that it's that that, that it makes it harder not to reply because you think, well, why am I receiving this? I know that's the thing. That's the thing that the internet confuses, isn't it? You know, because there is. Would you agree, Dwayne, that there is a sort of tradition where people do tag people into reviews, don't they? That's kind of a standard practice that's grown up. Yes, but if I wrote a negative review, I'd be uninclined to tag the actual author of the piece. Yeah, I would have thought that that was tactless. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't. If I if I hated a film, I wouldn't sort of put, you know, at Tim Burton or whatever. Not that I hate <laughs> Tim Burton, but you know, you know what I mean? It just seems rude, doesn't it? But isn't there a bit in an old Woody Allen film where someone's slagging off a film and then the actual director turns up and starts arguing with them and Woody Allen turns to the camera and says, wouldn't you like it if this happened in real life? <laughs> you know, the idea that you could, you know, I don't like David Cronenberg's movies, but I don't want to tell him that. You know, I, hopefully he wouldn't give a damn about what I thought. Um, but... You know what I mean? It just seems just seems rude. I'm not comparing myself to David Cronenberg. Obviously, he's far more successful and important than me. But uh, yeah, interestingly. Anyway, um, more lovely reviews because we only select the good ones uh, on Twitter. Here, uh, is that right? You've done yes. You, yes, on Twitter, uh, 
the address I can never read out correctly, at La La Logay, uh, says, uh, the last one of a brilliant trilogy. I love this story a lot. By the way, we're talking about mutually assured destruction, in case you've forgotten, because I nearly have. Uh, just like the other ones, even though this trilogy is over, I'd love to hear more of Eight and the Prime Strategist. Sounded like Paul had fun. Hmm. DJ32 on Twitter says, I just finished listening to Doctor Who, Time Lord, Victorious, Mutually Assured Destruction. I must say, it's great fun. Really enjoyed it. I really love the Eighth Doctor so much. Here, here. And at TARDISNet66, catchy name says, just finished listening to Mutually Assured Destruction from the hashtag Time Lord Victorious story. A very enjoyable story. I like the power struggle between the Daleks and the way the Doctor and the Strategists are manipulating each other. Manipulation. <laughs> well, that's it for this week. Next time, it's Time Lord Victorious Genetics of the Daleks. Uh, Dalek extravaganza. And that one stars Tom Baker as the Doctor. And Dwayne, can you give us a little preview of your views on that? <laughs> yeah, it was it was a sensational release. The best fourth Doctor release of uh, 2020, I think. Whoa, big can't say big, fairer than big that. Claim there. There we go. Uh, thanks for joining us, Dwayne. It's been a pleasure having you here. Um, My pleasure. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, Great no, to see and, you again uh, on here. Yeah, we're welcome anytime. Yes, have you back? Well, don't say anytime because he'll just turn up next week. Turn up on Wednesday and just say hello. It's <laughs> Wednesday. We don't even do it on a Wednesday. I do have a tendency to turn up at Big Finish. <laughs> yeah, once every ten years. So we're, we're yeah, waiting yeah. for your next appearance in the middle of a pandemic. That's going to work. All right then, cheerio. See you later. See ya. Coming up pretty soon, it'll be time for listeners' emails. But first, we go behind the scenes for the first of two explorations of Third Doctor Doctor Who-ness set on Earth with nasty aliens and robots. It's The Unzal Incursion by Mark Wright. Hello, I'm Mark Wright. And I am the writer of Doctor Who, The Third Doctor Adventures, The Unzal Incursion. Ah, here comes the cavalry. You can't hold us all off. I don't think they're on our side. Take the Doctor and Doctor Shaw to operations. Yes, Sergeant. What is going on? Uh, it would appear we're in the middle of some kind of coup. How exciting! I was delighted to get the approach to write for the third Doctor Adventures. It's a lovely thing after 20 years of writing for Big Finish that there's there's always something new. There's always a new project or a Doctor that you haven't written for before. And especially this one because uh, season seven of Doctor Who, the brief was to write a season seven set story, which I think is harder than it sounds. There's just something about this season. One of the reasons why I was so thrilled is because it's, it's quite uncharted territory. There hasn't been a lot of Doctor Who stories that have, have gone into that season and the books, the audios, everything really. So that was the thing that excited me, was the chance to, to almost break new ground in terms of a full cast Doctor Who. Hello, I'm Nick Briggs and I am the director of The Third Doctor Adventures, The Unzal Incursion. That season of Doctor Who that is known to many as season seven, uh, the 1970 season, John Pertwee's first series as the Doctor, does stand apart from all the others. It feels really different. 
Uh, my good friend Benji Clifford says that it feels like to him, not to me, but it's an interesting observation, uh, Doctor Who made by ITV. He does feel very, very different. And of course, the show was in a bit of uh, upheaval at the time. They didn't expect it to survive another year. And rumour has it that they were only making that series just because everything else had fallen through and they didn't really have anything else to do. But Barry Letts and Terence Stix, the producer and script editor respectively, made a huge success of it, and so did John Pertwee. What we've got is, uh, because they were trying to save money by having fewer adventure setups, they did longer stories. So there's a, a, a different narrative feel that the stories take longer to progress. But also there was a sort of strange bleakness about it, really. But one of the uh, brighter Uh, warmer elements of it was the character of Liz Shaw who seemed to have a bit of a rocky ride on television. Someone once suggested to me that the reason her hair was different in every episode is that they didn't really want the audience to identify with her and she does look very different in every story and for a casual viewer they may have um, not accurately identified her as the same character but what really shines through throughout it is Carrie John, Caroline John's performance. And there's a real force and power to it. And uh, I feel that she is successfully making a lot more of the character than was offered on the page. And the brilliant opportunity for us, getting Daisy, her daughter, in to play Liz Shaw, is that we can redress the balance a little. You know, times have changed and considerations for female characters are thankfully far more egalitarian. Uh, And so uh, what we have here is a story where Liz Shaw has achieved something really significant for which she is rightly praised. But unfortunately, it gets hijacked, uh, of course, as happens in all Doctor Who stories. You know, some evil force comes into play. I'm Tim Trelaw and I play the Doctor. I'm Daisy Ashford and I play Liz. John Coleshaw and I play the Brigadier. Well, surely you're not suggesting. I'm rather afraid I am. All troops passing through the Fulcrum's training facility have somehow come under a malign influence. The evidence certainly seems to make it inevitable. We really are on our own, aren't we? It's nice to have the the, the Brigadier and, and Liz Shaw back. Yeah, it's a lot, a lot of good fun. A lot of very talented, talented people on this particular story. Always a pleasure. Hmm. Yeah, it's nice to be teamed up with these guys again. I was hoping to come back as Liz, and it's nice, nice to return and, and have a real... A really sort of long story to get my teeth into. It is. It's uh, it, it's a joy to be uh, t- to be back here. My jaw was just dropped all the way through, and uh, I, I always say this: it's so moving, Daisy, to hear you portraying Liz in this way. It is. It's incredible, and Tim capturing the warmth and charm and the and the the, the pace of the Third Doctor. And um, what a what a story! It's um, unit entirely taken over, infiltrated. <laughs> and uh, yes, the brigadiers rather spend some very confused moments. I don't think <laughs> I've ever heard him get quite so cross as this. <laughs> when I first joined Unit, I was sceptical of the brigadier's outlandish claims about visitations from other worlds. He said Unit dealt with the odd, the unexplained, anything on Earth or even beyond. Just go to bigfinish.com and type Unzal or Unzal. That's U-N-Z-A-L. 
put that in the search pane at the top to oh, find yeah. this slice of rather exciting third doctor <gasps> nostalgia just waiting for you perfectly formed and guaranteed to thrill it is it is yeah oh thank you benji for reading that out without all the mistakes i'd typed in there uh, <laughs> i realize the ums are thing is because mark wright is uh, has a northern accent and he says ums are because he's a northerner i think so it's the yeah, ums are can be whatever you want it to be that's the regional controversy uh we'll be further delving behind the scenes with the third doctor investigating the gulf a spooky and disturbing chiller by the brilliant writing of tim foley the brilliant writing of that's a very strange thing to say isn't it but anyway he is brilliant and it's good and brilliant but before that (laughs) i don't even say it it's listeners emails It's that time every week. I love it. It's so good here in the post house. Um, is that what they call? What's the what do they call the post place? House the post post office office. I guess it's the post office, the, but the, the general sorting, post office. The sorting office is what I was going for. But the post oh, house sounds quite good, doesn't it? The post house is like a, a, a hotel. It's the post house hotel. The post house hotel in High Wycombe. Um, <laughs> as it could be. Um, but yeah, we love emails here. There are so many. I'm, I'm sitting in a room. They're just piled up around me. Um, yeah. So I've just had to pluck out a couple. Uh, That's right. You're full. using them as a seat, aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some very comfortable emails, these ones, actually. Um, yeah, I, I tried that pile over there, but they were a bit mm. prickly. Um, mm, but this that, first yeah. one here, uh, I'll read out in a second, actually, because if you want to send an email, it's so oh, simple. Yes. You just send them to podcast at bigfinish.com. <gasps> Send them in, get them over, and uh, have a nice little chat to us. This one here is from Tyrone Fitzpatrick. It was sent on the 9th of May 2021, uh, the year of our Lord 1110. Uh, The subject is, of course, Daleks. Hi, Benji and Nick. It's Tyrone here. Uh, Really enjoyed your podcast. Uh, Is it possible that you could have the Daleks answering the emails i'd love to hear you do the dalek voice of the podcast and doing the dalek scanning sound when doing it to scan through the emails um just imagine that that blue eye purple eye whatever it is yeah, it could be could be green for all i know um, it is blue uh, could be in, it's green uh, death, in remembrance uh, okay in uh <laughs> In Death of the Daleks, when it says, I will run computer scan. <laughs> have that noise going all the time. Yeah. That's a job. joyous, joyous. Uh, thank you very much for your audiobooks. And Nick, thank you for doing the audiobook of Engines of War and ah, doing the Daleks on the yes. Dalek Empire series and many other audiobooks I really enjoyed. Thanks for your wonderful audiobooks. Look forward to your reply. Kind regards, Tyrone Fitzpatrick. Keep up the good work, Nick. Love your audiobooks. Thank you, Tyrone. Thank you for getting the message there. Uh, I think that, you know, I wouldn't want to bring the Daleks and the BBC into disrepute by constantly talking like a Dalek, uh, doing the emails, e- even though I think I think you and I, Tyrone, would love that. But I think, you know, we spare everyone else's ears. Uh, maybe, next maybe you could give, a, give him a thank you, Tyrone, in a Dalek voice. Oh, that would yeah, be enough, okay. I think. Yeah, I think so. Thank you, Tyrone Fitzpatrick. There we are. And now this this next one's from Dean Fletcher. Sorry, Dean (laughs) Carroll. And it's uh, called The Three Doctors. Hi, Nick and Benji. Having recently uh, watched the tribute documentary feature Terence and Me with the excellent Frank Skinner, Lonely from Callan. Brilliant. I'd never heard anyone 
give that as his foremost credit, but quite right, Big Finish does Callan, all right? Just go to bigfinish.com and type in Callan in the search pane and you'll, you'll hear Frank Skinner in a 60s grungy spy fiction thrillery thing called Callan. Callan, Callan, Callan. Uh, anyway, yes, Terence Me that's included on the BBC Blu-ray collection season eight box set extras, which features Bob Baker talking about his experience having Terence Dick's uh, script edit one of his stories. Uh, he mentions uh, the three doctors and how much it had to be reworked because of the ill health of William Hartnell, which is common knowledge, but... It was interesting to hear from Bob Baker that the intended involvement from the First Doctor was quite a large section. So the question is, would there ever be the possibility with Bob Baker's agreement involvement, um, would it be considered as an audio adaptation lost story reworking or alternative take like you did with Return of the Cybermen? That's a very good idea. Hmm. Mm-hmm which we may or may not have already thought about. All the best to everyone, especially the sales and warehouse dispatch team who work incredibly hard ensuring we're all kept happy receiving our CDs. It's very much appreciated. Ah, thank you, Dean. I will pass that on. They are brilliant. Cheryl and the team are fantastic. Uh, Many thanks, Dean Fletcher, from Sunny Worthing, he said with a little smiley sun emoji. (laughs) Is it sunny in Worthing? I think not. Not sunny here, that's for sure. Intermittently sunny here. Intermittently sunny. Intermittently sunny. Intermittently, intermittently sunny. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Sam Holroyd here sends in, uh, there's no subject to this email. Could be about anything. Could could be about anything. Could be a series of hieroglyphics. Um, says here, hi Nick and Benji. I uh, hope you're both well and can't wait for the next big finish day where I can meet you both in person once again. Likewise, Ta-da. likewise. Hopefully, it won't be too long before the world is back to Norman. Um, after listening to my uh, name's Norman. Oh, so we're going back to you today. Yeah, um, so if you could come back to me, thank you very much. <laughs> Thank you, thank you. Uh, After listening to the Night Doctor Adventures behind-the-scenes segment of last week's podcast, I felt I had to write in for the very first time. Uh, I've listened to Big Finish content for nearly ten years and always get excited about a new series being announced. However, it is a different, very special kind of feeling when your Doctor gets announced as returning. That's right, your Doctor. I love all the Doctors, but this feels very personal to me, and I can't wait to listen in just three days at uh, the time of writing. It's out now, isn't it? Of course, it's here. It's out, yeah. Internet exploded uh, yes. as of as of recording this yesterday. We're trending on Twitter, uh, yeah. which just goes to show the love for uh, the Night Doctor. Yeah, trending with Doctor Who, Big Finish, and Christopher Eccleston. All three were trending. Need you need more. I mean, oh, joy. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to write in and ask you, Nick, about writing for the Ninth Doctor. Oh, yes. When he was written on screen by Russell T. Davies and the other writers of Series 1, um, they well uh, likely have had their own version of events in the back of their minds that led uh, the Eighth Doctor through to Nine via the Time War. Now, though, the story has been given some considerable detail in the Day of the Doctor and the War Doctor box sets by Big Finish. I wondered... When writing Ravagers, uh, did knowing the full history of the Night Doctor's previous incarnation affect the way that you wrote him in any way? I thought it was an interesting question that I felt compelled to find an, uh, an answer to, as in many ways you're trying to replicate the essence of the 2005 series, but the writers of that era uh, didn't know what we know about Doctor Who now, uh, oh. and the Doctor now. 
Either way, I can't wait to hear uh, what you've all worked so hard to put together, especially during these difficult times. Thank you now and for the past 10 years of audio entertainment, Sam Holroyd. Well, Sam, that's a really interesting question. I don't know quite how to answer it. I mean, I didn't consciously think of the history of it, but I did think, of course, he's been through the time war. Um, but I wanted to... It was very clear when we were talking to Chris's representatives and very clear from working with him that he wanted it to be much more positive and forward-looking. So it didn't. It, we didn't want it to be about him um, uh, feeling sort of shell-shocked from the time war. We wanted, for whatever reason, for his doctor to be always pushing forward, uh, always seeing the positive thing in in whatever situation he's in, no matter how terrible. And obviously, lots of terrible things always happen in Doctor Who stories because it's all about peril and threat and getting away from the bad things. You know, no matter how how negative some of that was, we wanted the doctor always to be positive. And I noticed a lot of the reviews, lots of lovely, lovely reviews. Thank you, all, all of you out there who've given it nice reviews. It's made my uh, year, probably. Um, it, it, people have noticed, they said, oh, he's very exuberant, isn't he? You know, the, the way it's been written and he's very, you know, and I think that was definitely in that first series with Chris Eccleston. Um but I think I brought that out more in it because that's what we were looking to do, something that was very positive. Um, so I didn't really think, I mean, I'm a massive Doctor Who fan and I know all these things, all the things that you know, Sam. So those things were all in my mind, but I wasn't consciously thinking, oh, that's because of the time war, really. But that was that is all in there. That would be part of my, the tapestry of all the assumptions I made. Do you have a tapestry of assumptions, Benji? Uh, I do, yes, it's hanging on the wall over there. <laughs> thanks folks uh loads of brilliant emails coming in uh it really is quite tricky uh choosing them these days because there's there's so many more of you are writing in which is brilliant so please keep them coming and, and spoil us for choice more emails next time Just a reminder that we'll be giving you a 15-minute tease of Doctor Who, the third Doctor Adventures, The Golf. Um, it's just the golf incursion. <laughs> I forgot to delete the, to delete the word incursion. Uh, at the end of the podcast. That would be confusing, wasn't it? The golf incursion, the golf of the Daleks incursion golf. We just, we just, you know, we got part one and two of one story and melded it with, with part three and four of the other. It's fine. <laughs> just do alternate scenes from different stories. Yeah, nobody will know what's going on. It will be brilliant. Um, uh, this is the golf. Uh, the Doctor and Sarah arrive on an ocean planet only to find themselves trapped with a creature that has evil designs on the inhabitants. Good grief. Yes, designed Good grief, slippers Sarah. and shoes and things like that. <laughs> no, that's evil, it. Evil, evil slippers. It's the slippery slope. Uh, in the meantime, as a tease for that tease, and with no spoilers involved, let's go behind the scenes with that very story, The Gulf. Hi, my name is Tim Foley and I am the writer of The Gulf. One of our artists has disappeared, Doctor. She fell into the sea. So I was utterly delighted to be offered a four-part Doctor Who story because this is my first. I have written for The Good Doctor once or twice before, but there's something about the four-part structure that, you know, it harks back to the classic series. It really made me quite giddy. 
It's also quite terrifying as well because you spend so long learning how to compress everything down to an hour to a single disc and then to be given two discs, four episodes. God, I felt the possibilities felt endless and then I, you know, I started to worry that I needed a story and I needed characters that were interesting enough and deep enough to sort of fulfil these four episodes. I'm Sadie Miller and I play Sarah Jane Smith. I'm Tim Trelaw playing the Doctor. What are we on? Some sort of viewing platform? No, a spin drifter. A great concrete monstrosity dropped in from orbit. Now, don't get too close to the edge, Sarah. I don't want you falling in. Oh, I'm hardly likely to dive into that, am I? I'd be dashed against the sides in minutes. Not only that, you'd be poisoned in seconds. This way, I think. Oh, it's been absolutely fantastic for me. I can't believe how wonderful Sadie is. I mean, she sounds just like a mum. It's brilliant. It's been a real great experience. You know, um, we've had the, the Brigadier now, and obviously working with Katie and uh, and Daisy, and and now having Sadie on board. It's it's wonderful. It's 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 brilliant. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I mean, yes, to echo really what what Tim says. Really, he sounds so like John, and especially coming through the headphones, not being able to meet one another, it feels incredibly authentic. Really, and if you close your eyes, you're just sort of there in the scene with John. So it's yeah, it's been really fun. It's really exciting for me with Tim and Sadie together because, you know, Tim's been doing such a great, fun job of being the third Doctor for a few years now for us. And now Sadie has recently come on board. The first thing she did for us was Return of the Cybermen with Tom Baker. Uh, So, you know, with Harry and the Doctor. And so we kind of thought it was a no-brainer since that worked so well. We sort of did that as an experiment with a lost story. And it worked so well. And Sadie is so brilliant at it and such a lovely person to work with such a i don't know just um a nice energy to have around the place she has a nice attitude towards it all and so we thought we must do more with her so let's have her with the third doctor for me as a doctor who fan that little bit of sarah jane smith and the third doctor that we got was rather magical it was a kind of awakening of of awareness as a doctor who fan because up until then, Doctor Who felt like a rather niche thing that no one else in the world except me liked. And it was that year for that season of Doctor Who that I met the first other person who was really crackers about Doctor Who like me, an old friend of mine called Nicholas Layton. And he was assigned to look after me when I went to my new school because I was new to the area. And lo and behold, I discovered that this boy who'd been assigned to look after me was a Doctor Who fan. I didn't even I didn't even know the phrase Doctor Who fan. It was just something that I loved. But then suddenly there was another one. And uh, so that was marvellous. And then, of course, the, you know, there was the Radio Time special that came out that year for the 10th anniversary that came out the previous year. But it documented the upcoming stories for this season. So you got little teasers. It was the first time I'd watched a Doctor Who season, having some inkling about what was coming up next, aside from the BBC announcer at the end of one story saying, and next week Doctor Who faces the whatever. So it's a bizarrely uh, evocative era of Doctor Who for me, actually. So revisiting it here with the Doctor and Sarah again, and Sadie doing so many of those superb little Sarah things which I encouraged her to do when we did Return of the Cybermen I said listen any little laughs any little noises any little anything you want to throw in just do it and uh, and I'm so pleased that she's taken that advice and run with it and 
There are all sorts of special little moments in this. So it's it's absolutely gorgeous for me to experience this. You know, we're not in a, a, a studio together where we can interact. Uh, we're doing it on our own. So I guess you just have to just have to trust and um, and just go for it, really, and and just throw yourself into it. And there's always such a fun atmosphere, I think, at Big Finish that it kind of eases out any awkwardness quite quickly. Especially Nick Briggs's uh, jokes. We'll certainly do that. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> Once I've changed, Pen, I'd love you to show me some of Laurel's paintings. Okay. Why? I don't know. Maybe I'm looking for inspiration too. Just go to bigfinish.com and type the gulf G-U-L-F. I'm just making sure there will be people that might. Gulf, not golf. Into the the gulp into the search pane at the top of the website thing, you know, in this thing. And oh, and don't forget that we'll be teasing you with the what? first 15 minutes of that <gasps> third Doctor story very soon now. But first, it's... <gasps> the Randomite Selectatron, where we give you a 25% discount on a randomly selected Big Finish release. Here we go. Oh, here we go. Well, hold on to your hats because it's a big one. It's a big, big one here. It's Doctor Who Dark Eyes 1. It's a huge, titanic-sized release here, Dark Eyes. Absolutely great jumping on point as well. We were discussing this uh, probably a couple of podcasts ago now, I think. You know, can you jump on with it? And I would say yes, jump on with Dark Eyes and enjoy a Dalek-based feast penned uh, by yourself, I believe, Nick. It's very much your, your... creation yes. isn't it yes it was my sort of reboot of the eighth doctor era lovely quote at the top of the page from stephen moffat said recently on tv we saw how the paul mcgann doctor died now it's time to find out how he lived uh yeah this this was massive for us here's the trailer doctor who dark eyes dear mammy i have no idea if i'll ever finish this letter or find a way to post it to you but I kept it in me petticoat the first bit is a little smudged but it is drying off I will try to fill in the unreadable bits later anyway there's this fellow who calls himself the doctor and he says he has saved me and we are in his time machine we went to 1940 but I did not get any older and there was another war the Germans and sure this is all just plain crazy stuff writing it down just makes it sound worse Take my hand. No, this is all mad. Just madness. Listen, Molly, this is going to be really difficult for me to explain, mainly because I don't really have a clue what's going on myself. Not got all the answers then, the doctor. Not by a long shot, but isn't it obvious that those things, the Daleks, are intent on doing us some serious harm? This just isn't decent. It's... I know, no time for all that. The destruction of the time. 
Time Lord's will be achieved. No problem, friend. One would think you had TARDISes materializing here every day. I don't have a clue who you really are. All I know is that you think you're saving me, but you don't know why. Is that about the size of it? Well... And that you call yourself The Doctor, which sounds like a 10th rate stage name to me. Oh, no! They're in your bathroom! Back the other way! What's flying? Never you mind. Take a left here, Cabby. No entry, mate. <laughs> Commit a traffic offence or get blown up. I'll leave the choice to you. Hang on! I'm going to call you Dark Eyes. Are you looking for a punch on the nose? So you've been here before. You wouldn't consider killing me, would you? Molly, this is 1940. 1940? What do you mean? I told you the TARDIS is a time machine. 1940? Sure, it's true. You did say something of the kind. This is it, Strax's old boy. This will be one for the history books. It's all right, I get it. You're fighting a war against these Daleks. I don't want to be fighting a war. And it's getting you down, I understand that. But it doesn't mean you should give up. Doesn't it? Doctor, you will be exterminated! I know! No, we haven't discovered time travel, but we've discovered a time traveller. Who? Him. The Doctor. What do you mean? You can take this thing anywhere in history. Anywhere in the world. And beyond? Beyond the world? What? You mean, like the moon and the sun? Brings back so many great memories. We had four glorious days in studio. Uh, Ruth Bradley as Molly O'Sullivan, who is Dark Eyes of the title. An amazing actor and a brilliant casting coup. Um, and then Peter Egan... You know, ever decreasing yeah. circles. <laughs> and Toby Jones. Incredible to get Toby Jones. Awesome guy. Awesome Brilliant guy. stuff. And the late, great Ian Cullen, you know, who was in... Yeah. Um, what was the old Doctor Who episode he was in? Um, the Aztecs. That's right. Yes. Correct. Correct. Lovely man. And really great in the part, actually. Uh, and funny enough, Tim Trelaw is in this, but not playing the third Doctor. He's playing... The Lord President of Gallifrey. So, yeah, you know, if, you, if you're going to be a role, you might as well be that one. Beth yeah, Charles yeah. as well. She's always fab. Yeah. John Banks, legend of big finishing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, they're all there. Someone called Nicholas Briggs playing yeah. some Dardics. Those creatures. Mezcaranus too. What's that? I don't remember creating a character called Mezcaranus. <laughs> Do you think that's a typo? Mezcaranus too. Let's, let's put it into... Google to find out. Dark Eyes 1, Mezcaranus. It's, yeah, I don't know. It's I don't remember a Mezcaranus 2. Um, it's only listed on... The Big no, Finish page. A Big Finish page and then things which are copied and pasted from the Big Finish page. There's nothing... <laughs> there is nothing uh, as there. Oh, that's a bit weird, isn't it? Good name. Uh, Mezcaranus, who knows? Well, I mean, what is that? I don't know. <laughs> I am Mezcaranus. Uh, um, and not even the first one, it's the second Mezcaranus. Yeah, yeah, who was Mezcaranus 1? <laughs> oh, uh, Alex Mallinson was. Oh, it was definitely something then, wasn't Maybe it? Maybe they were a race or something of aliens and you didn't name them, you know. 
Yeah, uh, Alex Mallinson, a designer, because he also, uh, I, I, my best, my favourite role he played in this was the cab driver. <laughs> He's driving away from them and Daleks are firing at them in Baker Street. And it's a, it's a lovely scene, actually. All right, Governor, you never guess who I had in the back of this cab the other day. Doctor Who being chased by the Daleks. Only the first time we've heard that in the London cabs. That is the right. type of thing some of them say. As usual, I must email Jackie and Sue about that so uh, so they can put it live. In the meantime, Benji will explain how you get your discount. Thank you. Off you go, Benji. I'll write the So email. simple. Go to bigfinish.com when you're on there. Head to the podcast page on the menu. Menu. Uh, on there, uh, you'll see the latest podcast. Click Read More. Uh, that'll open the Read More thing. And in the blurb, in the way... Uh, it says click here and enter the code buck up that's buck up b u c k u p uh, no spaces no uh, complications just you know that's how buck up and uh, <laughs> enter there and you get 25% off simple send the email so, oh well done uh, all capitals of course but send that in and you'll get your discount and it's a, a whopping discount on a whopping story Oh, Ran, you're whopping as well. Absolutely lovely. That's Thanks for an absolute banger, because it really is a banger. Uh, yes. Next week's podcast is titled Thunder Blake, uh, where we go behind the scenes with Avalon. Uh, not the not the song by... Who did that? Was it um, Brian Ferry? No, it's not I Brian think you Ferry. might be right. Uh, yeah. I think it is, yeah. Roxy Music. Uh, from the world of Blake 7, of course. And we'll take a peek with uh, the new Thunderbirds adventure, Terror from the Stars. With guest star Jamie Anderson here to chat all about it. Oh, that's exciting. We get yeah. Jamie on the podcast. How lovely. We might uh, try and get someone else as well. Not instead of him. <laughs> that sounds like... <laughs> just, yeah, we, we could might get, get uh, someone else, yeah. <laughs> A man from down the road. Yeah, he'll do. Uh, bloke who yeah. lives in the works in the cake shop. He's oh yeah, I yeah, certainly get good. him. Yeah. Uh, in the meantime, we shall bid you an enthusiastic but politely restrained farewell. An, an enthusiastic, enthusiastic but politely, politely restrained, restrained farewell. And now from Big Finish, Tim Trelaw returns as Doctor Who. thing to do in the middle of the night. The middle of the night is when I hear them. Look at the light of the moons, the way it skims the waves. It makes them look like mouths. <laughs> Go back to bed, Pen. You'll wake the others. What are you doing up? Just uh, finishing off some work. Your studio isn't down this way. Then I'm not going to my studio, am I? Go on. Shoo. Get some sleep. 
won't sleep. Not if I hear those screams again. Corridor. Doesn't matter. Have you been crying again? You were talking to someone. It was Pen. I can handle Pen. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm fine. Good to go. I just need to suit up. No, don't come tonight. You're guarding the airlock. What do you mean? You are not doing this alone. But I want to. Little time alone. Just me and the sea. Maybe the Brigadier left the taps running. He'd need to leave them running for an awfully long time, Sarah. This is an ocean world. Just think of the water, Bill. Look at those waves below. The ferocity, the majesty. I'm not sure I like it. So endless and empty. It looks unnatural. Unnatural to you, maybe? Pardon me if I've never seen a purple sea before. Remind me to take you to the Great Carpentia. They've got a polka dot coastline. Hmm. Traces of Trivax here, if I'm not mistaken. But of course, that would explain this place. What are we on? Some sort of viewing platform? No, a spin drifter. A great concrete monstrosity dropped in from orbit. Now, don't get too close to the edge, Sarah. I don't want you falling in. I'm hardly likely to dive into that, am I? I'd be dashed against the sides in minutes. Not only that, you'd be poisoned in seconds. This way, I think. I spy a walkway. Poisoned in seconds. Uh, Doctor? We'll be fine as long as we avoid the water. But there are puddles everywhere. That's different. That's rainwater. And you're sure the rain isn't poisonous as well? Well, I'll tell you what. If it starts to drizzle, we'll nip back for an umbrella. (laughs) Aren't you interested? This is your future. Technology from Earth's empire. I have to pity the workers on these things. They had it tough. Extreme conditions. Months of isolation. But always the eyes on the prize. And what was the prize? I told you. Trivax. A kind of plasma sourced from alien seas like these. Is that what makes them purple? Well, that's what makes them poisonous. Trivax. Highly valuable but highly toxic. Used to power half the empire. So these things, these spin drifters, they're like a rig. They take the trivax from the sea below. Using sonic extractors, yes. They used to, at least. This one's not in use. By this point in your future, the station should have been pretty much abandoned. Hello? What are you doing? Oh, there's someone over there. Well, I don't see anyone. On the other side of that bridge thing. Come on. Mind the puddle, Sarah. I thought you said they weren't poisonous. I just don't want you to slip. Charging towards them wasn't the best form of greeting. Are you sure it wasn't a trick of the light? I'm sure. Oh, this bridge is a bit... Oh, 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 whatever you do, don't look down. That's quite a drop. 
This future empire can't be all that advanced if they don't have any handrails. Doctor? Wait just one second. What's wrong? Don't you feel it? Feel what? I'm getting a... a strange sensation. Oh, it's not strange at all. It's called vertigo. I'll have you know I have a perfect head for heights. I scale the astral peaks in handcuffs. Now, this is something. Yeah, in the spray. Can't you taste it? A kind of darkness. I knew there was someone. Come on. Get off that bridge. It isn't safe. Oh, no. Keep still, Sarah. Doctor. I got you. Don't move a muscle. Our weight has disturbed it. One false move It's and going to collapse. We can't go back. We need to leap onto the other side. After three. One. Two. Three. yourselves killed. Yes, that didn't escape our attention. Thank you. You were right, sir. Bruised, but I'll survive. I'm glad to hear it. Thank you for warning us. Whole place is falling apart. Come on, get up. You shouldn't be here. Uh, well, let's do introductions first. I'm the doctor. And I'm Sarah Jane Smith. Yeah, you need to leave, both of you. Wait. Your ship. Is it docked on the other side? We didn't see anything come down. I suppose you wouldn't, in this weather. But there's no way back across. Port Bridge fell a few weeks back. Oh, damn! So, we're stuck here. Well, you can't stay. Well, it doesn't look like we have much choice. Can we discuss this indoors, out of the rain? Oh, an excellent suggestion, Sarah. Don't think I don't know who you are. What time did you get here last night? We've only just arrived. Well, we'll see about that. If you're responsible for... Responsible for what? Come with me. You better see Marta. And she's not going to be pleased to see you. Well, it's lovely to see you. Is it? Of course it is. Such a delight to see new faces. Huh. We didn't exactly get that impression from your friend here. Their depot. Lynette, darling, look at them. Depots full of suits, not capes. I know their depot. And you said they weren't allowed to drop in without warning. Sorry, who or what is Depot? As if you haven't heard from them. Take it from me, she hasn't. But if she'd been a little more observant, she might have spotted the name on the bulkheads outside. I was slightly distracted by the seas of death below, thank you. Depot, our lords and masters. Our benefactors. Largest conglomeration this side of the galaxy, Sarah. By this point, they've swallowed up all the big companies. IMC, ATP, GMG. Mm. Nearly got a whole alphabet. So presumably, Depot owned this spindrifter. We have an arrangement. And you can't just barge in like this. But you don't look like extractors. And surely Trivax is an illegal fuel source by now. Of course it is. You're not from around here, are you? We're travellers, and a little out of touch. Then I can't wait to hear all about your adventures. Marta! Lynette, all are welcome here. And as long as they're not from the Barbica colonies... They could be. Well, make your mind up. They're Depot or Barbica. They can't be both. We're definitely neither. I'm convinced they were here last night. If I may. As we explained to Lynette, was it? Mm. We arrived barely an hour ago. Well, that's that then. 
And we're just going to trust them? We operate on trust. We're artists. We take risks. So that's the end of the matter. Sarah, darling, you look soaked to the bone. Oh, just a bit. She'll need a change of clothes. Lynette, take it a pen. I have work to do. Lynette! Oh, this way. I'll find you later, Sarah. See you soon. And you, Doctor. You look untouched by the winds and the rain. A point of stillness in the wild. And I imagine it gets very wild indeed. Hmm. You can see the broken bridge from here. We're lucky it wasn't more serious. I'm not sure how we'll get your access to your ship. We don't have any transport of our own, sadly. Ah, we're in no rush. May I ask, what exactly are you doing out here? This is The Collective, an artistic retreat for all manner of mediums. Ah, yes. You said you were artists. Hang on. Marta? It wouldn't be Marta Malvani, would it? You've heard of me. Madam, I've seen your work on countless worlds. Your skills with the brush are exquisite. Political portraiture at its finest. <laughs> Hardly political. But something you said just now about the barbecue... Ah, that's interesting. What is? We don't allow any affiliation with those rebels. Well, I'm sure you don't. No, I'm just honoured to meet a talent such as yourself. Well, I'm flattered. Are you a doctor of art? <laughs> Occasionally. I'd be honoured if you showed me around this establishment. But of course. I give the finest of tours. And I'd also like to know, what exactly happened last night? Why is Lynette so upset? I suppose it's best you know. One of our artists has disappeared, Doctor. She fell into the sea. So many pictures around here. It's like an art gallery. They're all a bit ghoulish. Must be right in the heart of the Spindrifter now. You can barely hear the sea. Look, I know you don't trust me. I don't. Whatever happened last night, we weren't involved. I promise you that. Whatever happened last night, my best friend's gone missing. I'm sorry to hear that. Could she have left or...? No. There's no way off this place. No safe way, at least. And everybody's trying to make out she just fell overboard. Laurel wasn't like that. She was sensible. She was careful. She was reckless. A phenomenal painter, don't get me wrong, but Laurel was the kind to set up her easel on the decks outside in the middle of a storm. Said she felt connected to the elements. Darling, I told her, you get washed away one of these days. And you think that's what happened last night? It's sad, but there we go. The youngsters here, they have such passion. It's a shame when that's lost. How many are here at the moment? It's a quiet season, but we're known throughout the industry. People drop in when they like. Let's think there are five of us at the moment. Oh, no, sorry, four. Still hasn't sunk in that laurels. I need to send an astral flare next week. There's a bunch of them in the old life raft. 
The authorities will need to be involved. I do so hate that. Astral flare? There are no direct communications? Oh, we've cut ourselves off from all distractions. Our kitchens. We've got a visitor, Jesco. Hello there. Greetings. I must say, this all smells delicious. <laughs> Charming as well as handsome. Now, now, Jesco. Jesco's been here nearly as long as I have. She used to do food installations on the planet Babette. Gorgeous work. Two more for dinner, darling. Is that all right? You know I always make too much. You're a wonder. We'll leave you to it. Is there any life on this world? Seafood's not on the menu, if that's what you're asking. No native fauna here. And yet, there was something when I was outside. What do you mean? I don't know yet. Maybe I was feeling connected to the elements as well. Or even disconnected, if that's possible. There's something about the atmosphere. Yes. I know what you mean. It's barren. It's lifeless. It feels truly alien to be out here sometimes. This planet doesn't even have a name. Something grimly gothic about that. And that feeds into people's work. They dig deeper into feelings they never knew they had. And when the nights are dark and the storms are particularly brutal. But let's not dwell on that. We bring our own life to this wet rock. Let me show you something I'm proud of. Goodness! A hydroponic garden. Watch out for our little stream here. A veritable moat. Feeds up into the ceiling and waters the plants in the centre. I made that. You've been listening to a Big Finish production. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe.